This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is seven minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio. Christmas week, just a few days left before Christmas and uh, a cold weekend here in New England, but going to be a rainy one. We thought we were going to have a white Christmas, but uh, we've got some rain coming in this week. We may not end up having one. supposed to have some heavy rain, so it might be all washed away, but I'm perfectly all right with that. Uh, so anyway, so welcome uh, to another week here on Sports Country Radio. And uh, uh, before I forget, uh, uh, fun weekend here. My, it was my wife's birthday on Saturday. I won't tell anybody how old she is. I'll get in trouble. It was kind of cool. We had a, uh, a nice package come in from her uh, cousin, uh, Laura, who lives out in Texas. Um, and she sent us, uh, it was really cool. She sent us like a, a little Tex-Mex. She sent us some uh, green chilies. I assume that they were ones that she had done herself. There was enchilada sauce. There was tortillas. Uh, it was really cool. And um, I actually tried some of the chilies out this week, and they were delicious. But she also sent us some chocolate chip cookies that may be the best chocolate chip cookies I have ever had in my life. I said, I said to Barbara, I said, either get the recipe or tell her she's got to send a steady supply. These things were ridiculous. I, I swear they like coconut in them or something. They just, but they were, oh my God, they were really good. Uh, so anyway, so I uh, had a fun weekend celebrating my wife's birthday and uh, uh, many more to come, I hope. Uh, all right, before we get to NFL football, and we obviously have a lot to talk about uh, as far as that goes, a lot of uh, interesting results yesterday, playoffs still wide open. Um, I wanted to start with some college football talk and the joke that the college football playoffs are. And look, don't get me wrong. I think these games could be entertaining, but there is some controversy to be had for sure. Notre Dame got absolutely steamrolled this weekend by Clemson. Clemson had their quarterback, Joey Lawrence. The defense showed up, and they beat the crap out of Notre Dame. Yet despite that, Notre Dame still gets into the college football playoffs. Texas A&M finished fifth in the poll. They could make a case that, hey, you know, they should have gotten in instead of Notre Dame, especially after Notre Dame got whacked. Cincinnati finished the season 9-0. and You know, they're in that group of five. They finished undefeated. Yet they were ranked, still ranked eighth in the college football poll. Now, they're going to get into one of the New Year's, uh, New Year's Day uh, uh, group of six games because they are the highest-ranked team uh, in that group of five. Um, but still, you, you know, Indiana, 6-1. and one. Ohio State gets in. They only played six games this year, and I know they were 6-0, and 0, 
But, you know, they didn't exactly crush Northwestern in the uh, Big Ten championship game either. You know, and, and uh, so Cincinnati's got to be looking at that. Texas A&M's looking at that going, what the hell? Coastal Carolina went 11-0. and Now, I get it. You know, Coastal Carolina would probably get beat by Alabama 100 to nothing. Well, maybe not 100 to nothing, but it wouldn't be pretty. But what the committee has shown here is that it's all about the flash. It's all about the name. It's all about the conference and screw everybody else. I think the thing that's most maddening to this about this is the fact that Notre Dame is getting into the college football playoffs as a part of the ACC. Now, normally, they wouldn't even be in the ACC. The only reason they're in there is because of the pandemic. They came in for a year just to have some teams to play. And yet, they're going to sneak in. And the because of that, the ACC is going to reap the rewards. What do I mean by that? Uh, getting into the college football playoffs is $6 million for the conference. So now, Notre Dame, who's not even a part of the ACC, gets in. So that's $12 bucks for the conference. So it's going to be number one Alabama against Notre Dame if there is a God in heaven. And I'm not an Alabama fan, but well, I'm less of a Notre Dame fan. But if there is a God in heaven, Alabama will kick the snot out of Notre Dame. You know, everybody, Notre Dame is one of those teams you either love them or you hate them. But I just don't like the fact that the committee is shoving this team down our throats. You know, they beat Clemson the first time they played, and I get it, okay? They beat them, but let's remember Clemson didn't have Joey Lawrence in that game. Now, as Dan Zampano pointed out on Friday, the quarterback play in that game wasn't really the issue. Uyungle played very well in that game in place of Joey Lawrence. I get it. But still, you know, to me, Cincinnati has a case here. Texas A&M has a case here. Now, you could say, well, you know, does the SEC need another team in there? I get it. But they've got a case. And yet, somehow, the com- and the committee is trying to tell us, well, Notre Dame had one more win over a ranked opponent, so that's why they're going to get the nod to get in. This was a foregone conclusion because it's all about the flash. You know, there is no formula here. I don't want to hear, you know, that they have some mathematical formula. This is all about what people want. You know, Indiana had one of its best seasons in a long time, and they still played one more game than Ohio State. And, you know, you could say some of it's not Ohio State's problem. I get it. There were other teams that had to bail out because of the COVID things, but everybody faced that. But it's crazy that nobody else got considered. Cincinnati, undefeated, ranked eighth. Eighth. You know, and it goes to show you that that group of five, those teams, they are never given consideration. You know, the, the committee put that, that designation, the group of five in there, and so that the top-ranked school out of that group of five will get in to one of the New Year's Day games, one of the, uh, you know, the New Year's, become one of the New Year's Six. I get it. 
you know, they threw them a bone to, to say, well, you'll at least get in. But they were never going to be given consideration. They're 9-0. and I'm sorry. They should be given consideration. You know, A&M's got a point. Cincinnati has a bigger point. Coastal Carolina, maybe not so much. I get it because of, you know, their schedule is not very strong, although they did beat two ranked opponents. I don't have a problem really with the Coastal Carolina thing. I have a big problem with Cincinnati going 9-0 and and not getting in. I have a problem with A&M not getting in. You know, and th- if there is a reason to expand the college football playoffs, this is it. I mean, it's crazy. You know, so, but, and get this. I mean, you look at the top 25 poll. Indiana, you want to make a case. Indiana was seventh in the AP rankings in the top 25. <laughs> Yet they were 11th in the college football poll. Behind teams that had three losses. Uh, Iowa State, Florida, three losses. Georgia, a couple of losses. Indiana went 6-1. and one. And in a very good conference, the Big Ten. It's not like they play, uh, you know, in the American Conference like Cincinnati does, which is, I know, which, what, what hurts Cincinnati. It's not like they're playing in the MAC. They play in a very good conference, and they get screwed. So there have got to be some changes. This is absolutely insane. So, and we are probably on pace if this goes as I think it will, it will be Alabama and Clemson for the national title, which should be a fun game. But Notre Dame does not belong in there. I'm sorry, they don't. And you can make a case Ohio State doesn't belong in there either. They played six games. Now, and I'm not saying, by the way, that Indiana should get in over Ohio State, but I think Cincinnati should. They played nine games. So, but Notre Dame certainly doesn't belong in there. I'm sorry, period. The end, end of story. So some changes have got to come. We'll see if they do. Because this is, look, this is, this is a lot of money. That's 12 million bucks. 12 million bucks to the ACC. Because Notre Dame, who's not even a member of the ACC, is in. Simply because of the pandemic. Uh, the other big change in the college football playoff this year is the Rose Bowl was supposed to host uh, one of the games, and it has been moved to the Dallas Cowboys Stadium in Texas. Why? Because uh, California is not allowing fans at games. And, you know, Brian Kelly even suggested that uh, if uh, if Notre Dame was going to go out to the Rose Bowl that they would boycott, which, by the way, was baloney. They were never going to boycott a game if they had to play there. But they're going to move it to Texas where there will be some limited fans allowed. Uh, the only question we don't know is whether it's still going to be called the uh, the Rose Bowl or not. The other game, of course, is the Sugar Bowl. That's being played in New Orleans. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's a good move. You know, I mean... It, California would, they tried to get an exception. California several times uh, turned it down, said, nope, not going to happen. So I don't, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think that's a bad move. You know, they're not going to fill the stadium, but I don't, I don't think it's a bad move. 
So anyway, but they've got to make some changes in this. I mean, it is, I'm sorry, Notre Dame does not belong in. They didn't just get beat by Clemson. They got embarrassed by Clemson in that game the other day, and and you know, to a team uh, like. With a loss like that on their last game, doesn't deserve to be in. Remember in basketball, they always talk about one of the things they weigh in basketball when they do the uh, uh, the NCAA tournament, and they're trying to decide where to seed teams. One of the th- prerequisites for seeding is how a team is playing going into a tournament. So a team that is hot has a better chance of getting a higher seed than a team with the same record that is kind of stumbling their way into the playoffs. Well. Again, you can make a case right there that Cincinnati playing better than Clemson. I mean, playing better than Notre Dame. Texas A&M playing better than Notre Dame. Indiana, same deal. So, uh, I hope some change happens, you know, as we know with the NCAA. And, and here's the thing, you know, it, this really isn't with the NCAA. I shouldn't even say that. College, The college football playoffs and college football, major college football is really kind of apart from the NCAA. They kind of do their own thing. But this is there's going to be some serious discussions. I think there's going to be some there's there's some irate athletic directors right now, you know, at A and M and Cincinnati and Indiana, uh, Coastal Carolina can still make a case. I get it um, that 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 there was some disservice done here. So, um, one other thing. Uh, this weekend, the UConn men's basketball team finally played the first time they had played in 17 days. And they had a tough one. I mean, you're off for 17 days. Shut down for a good portion of that time because of the uh, coronavirus quarantine procedures that were needed. And your first game out of the gate is against the number nine team in the country, Creighton. Uh, the UConn Huskies acquitted themselves pretty well. Uh, they lost the game in overtime. 76-74, a game they should have won. They had an opportunity to win it in regulation. They let it get away. They got outscored in the overtime, and they lose it by a pair. Uh, but what a game for James Booknight. 40 points in this game. 40. Uh, you know, the way that kid's playing, uh, he's not finishing his career at UConn. He's going to end up in the NBA before his uh, eligibility is up at UConn. Kid's really good. Uh, but they had a chance to win this game in regulation. R.J. Cole at the free throw line for two free throws with 11 seconds left. If he hits one, Creighton needs a three to tie. If he hits them both, the game's going to be over. Cole missed them both. Creighton comes down the other end, other end and... Uh, Damian Jefferson with a bucket hits it 66 apiece. They go into overtime and uh, UConn went three for 12 in the overtime and end up losing the game by two, but great, great game. But book night, what a performance he became, by the way, just the 14th player in UConn history to score 40 points. Matter and and only and of that only uh, Danielle Marshall, who had 42 twice back in 1994 scored more than 40. So, uh, great performance by the UConn Huskies. Uh, All right, NFL football yesterday. (laughs) The Patriots, look, it's finally over. 
I mean, it's been over for a while, and I think everybody's known it, but it's really over now. So, and you know what? If you're a Patriot fan, you're probably glad it's over because now you can just say, eh, <laughs> let's just play it out. I mean, otherwise they're going to drag it out and you'd have to like really worry about next week's game and, uh, you know, it's over. Uh, they got embarrassed by the Miami Dolphins yesterday. And the Miami Dolphins, look, Miami, it wasn't like Miami uh, was great. The Patriots led this game 6 nothing at halftime. Two field goals. All the Patriots managed all day was four field goals. They could not get it in the end zone. Um, you know, Cam Newton wasn't horrible. He didn't turn the ball over. Threw for over 200 yards, but the Patriot defense got rolled on the ground. Miami Dolphins came into this game as the worst team in the NFL in yards per carry. They were the worst running football team in the NFL, and yesterday, you wouldn't have known it. Miami just ran all over the Patriots. They had 250 yards on the ground on 42 carries, an average of six yards per carry. They scored three rushing touchdowns, and the Patriots uh, lose this game as Miami scores all 22 in the second half. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa, the Miami quarterback, uh, you know, he was efficient, 20 of 26, only 145 yards. He's kind of playing this little dink and dunk um, no touchdown passes through an interception, got sacked a couple of times. Um, you know, he wasn't exactly impressive, but if it weren't for the Miami running game, the Patriots might've still been able to win this game, you know, but Tagovailoa had two of the rushing touchdowns. They were both close, but, uh, he ran for nine yards, but two of them were touchdowns, you know, but the one thing that Tua did do again, he wasn't overly impressive, but this Dolphin team, if you look at their scoring drives in the second half, 72 yards, 90 yards, 75 yards. They just controlled the football and time of possession in this game, Miami, 37 minutes, 37 and a half minutes to just 22 and a half minutes for the Patriots. It was embarrassing. And so now we can finally... Uh, put the Patriot season to bed. It's going to be the first time that they will not make the playoffs since 2008. They are going to finish 500 or worse for the first time since the year 2000, which, by the way, is the year that they drafted Tom Brady. Ugh. The Dolphins now 9-5. and five. They increased their chances of making the playoffs. They've still got some work to do, and they have two tough games to finish this out. They have to play at Vegas, which still has playoff aspirations, but they are on life support. And then they are at Buffalo. Now, Buffalo's already won the division. The one break that they may have here is that Depending on what happens tonight, Buffalo may not have a lot to play for. They may be locked into the three seed by the time this is the, the, the last game comes when they have to play Miami. 
but you know, and maybe they'll rest some guys depending on what's happening, but don't bet on it. So if you're Miami, you're nine and five, but to get in, you've got to win. Look, they probably have to win both those games. They might be able to get in if they just win one, but you've got to win two games on the road against two potential playoff teams in Vegas and Buffalo. Buffalo, who right now, even though they're the third seed in the AFC, is probably you know one of the two best teams in the league. So it's not you know. So the Dolphins boosted their chances, but you know they've got their work cut out for them. I mean, if they're going to win at one of the two final games, it's going to be this coming week. Uh, they play Saturday at Vegas. Vegas has lost four of its last five games, but they still technically have a chance to make the playoffs at 7-7 seven and seven if they win the last two and everybody else and their mother loses between now and then. But, oh, my God. But thank God it's over for the Patriots. So, you know, we can uh, – yeah, just been a gross year. And, you know, now the Patriots have to figure out what they're going to do. They're not going to get a, you know, top five draft pick. They're going to be middle of the pack. But you got to think a quarterback is going to be first on their list or very high on their list because uh, if they're going to – and now, by the way, with them firmly out of the playoffs, will Bill Belichick finally make the change and let Jared Stenham start the last two games and let's figure out whether he's going to be your guy or whether we're drafting a quarterback. I think drafting a quarterback either way, but uh, we'll see. It's 30 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we got got lots more to talk about, including the shocker of the day, the New York Jets with a victory – and they probably screwed up their chance to draft the best uh, player in the draft. But uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Monday morning. A programming note, we will be here uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, no show on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. We'll return, of course, the Monday after Christmas. But we're going to take uh, Thursday and Friday off. My plan is to have Dan Zampano on here on uh, Friday or on Wednesday. I'm sorry to talk about NFL football. Of course, we have football all weekend. We've got uh, football Christmas Day. We've got football on Saturday. We've got football on Sunday. My wife is thrilled about that. Uh, all right, the New York Jets started the season 0 and 13 in line. Looks like they're going to have a chance to draft Joey Lawrence as the number one pick in the NFL draft. And they go and screw that up yesterday. They beat the Rams yesterday, 23-20. to 20. Uh, Sam Darnold yesterday uh, threw for 207 yards, touchdown, did not turn the ball over. Uh, Frank Gore, who's like 112 years old, scored a touchdown midway through the third quarter, put the Jets up 20-3. to three. Uh, Rams tried to make a game of it. But they were down 23-10 going into the fourth. Uh, Jared Goff with a touchdown pass to Tyler Higbee. Uh, early in the fourth, and then they get a field goal with about six minutes to play. But uh, that was it. They, the Rams yesterday, and they didn't lose this game. Jared Goff wasn't great. I mean, he was, you know, he threw a couple of touchdown passes, 209 yards. But um, this wasn't about necessarily Goff giving it away, as he often does, you know, with interceptions and fumbles and stuff. This was about the Jet defense. The Jet defense stepped up big time when they needed to. The Rams yesterday just two for 11 on third down. Two for 11. 
Um, so, you know, give the Jet defense a lot of credit. The Rams did move the ball. They had over 300 yards of offense, but the Jets got big plays on defense when they needed it. So uh, now Jacksonville has the inside track at the number one overall pick. They're, both teams are 1-13, and 13, but uh, based on strength of schedule, Jacksonville will win the tiebreaker, and Jacksonville will have a chance uh, to get themselves. Well, you would think it will be Joey Lawrence, but who knows. Um, but right now, Jacksonville would have the, the number one pick if things finish up the way they have been. Now, the Rams suddenly find themselves, well, I wouldn't say they're in trouble, but things have gotten a little bit more dicey for them. They had an opportunity yesterday to at least stay tied for the NFC West crown. Now they are a game behind Seattle. Seattle wins yesterday. They clinched the division. I mean, clinched the playoff spot. The Rams could still win the division if they went out and Seattle stumbles, but the Rams could be in trouble. It's going to, you know, they've got Arizona just a game behind them. They're tied with Tampa Bay. Chicago still has an outside chance as well. And the Rams have two tough games left. And they are both on the road, and they are both in division. So if they finish out and they win them both, they'll go 11-5, and five, and it will mean they will have beaten Arizona, they will have beaten Seattle. They can still win the NFC West, but they have got to win the last two, and they've got to do it on the road. And I just don't know if I have that kind of confidence in Jared Goff, if I'm a Rams fan, to think that that's going to happen. I think they'll still make the playoffs. But if they lose that game to the Arizona Cardinals, perhaps not. So uh, it is going to be an interesting couple of weeks for the Rams. They have put themselves firmly behind the eight ball. Uh, the Perhaps the most entertaining game, of the weekend happened in New Orleans. The Kansas City Chiefs uh, beat the Saints 32-29. to uh, Drew Brees made his return for the Saints and looked as rusty as you might have expected him to look. Uh, he was just 15 of 34. We are not used to seeing Drew Brees uh, be that inefficient offensively. Uh, he did throw three touchdown passes. But he also threw an interception, and he just didn't look right. But, again, not a shock there. But Patrick Mahomes was was the magic man once again. Now, he got sacked four times. The Saints defense gave him some troubles, fumbled the ball away, but he threw for 254 yards, three touchdowns, uh, a two-point conversion that was uh, an underhanded pass to Travis Kelsey. Uh, just as he always does, he me- he makes some ridiculous throws that's, that tell you there's no way that he should be able to complete these, yet he does. But Kansas City dominated this game 41 minutes time of possession. 41 minutes to just 19 minutes for the New Orleans Saints. The Saints won for 11 on third down. You know, if they got the ball close, I mean, they 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 managed to get it in, but one for eleven on third down. So you know, the Chiefs 
Now, in the driver's seat, just one loss. Both games left for the Chiefs are at home. It's against two bad teams, the Falcons and the Chargers. Now, I say I say bad teams. The Chargers have some talent, but they have to overcome their head coach. Uh, but Kansas City is likely going to win their last two games, and they will be the number one seed in the AFC. Now, as far as the Saints go, that loss yesterday, look, they still they're in the playoffs. All right, they've already clinched the playoff spot, but now they have the Tampa Bay Bucks breathing down their necks with a potential to win the NFC South. Now, if you're the Saints, you have two games in front of you that are also very winnable games. They have a home game with the Minnesota Vikings coming up this weekend. The Vikings are 6 and 8. That's a game that the Saints should win. And then they play at 4 and 10 Carolina to close the season. So those are both winnable games for New Orleans. And if they win them both, they put themselves in position to potentially be the number 2 seed in the NFC, but they have to win them both. Have to. You know, and if you are a Tom Brady fan, and by the way, you know, I, I you know, Tom Brady was okay yesterday. Just okay. That's all I'm going to give him. Uh, but the Buccaneers find a way to win the game yesterday, beating the Falcons 31-27. You know, if, it wasn't quite uh, 28-3 like the Super Bowl, but uh, Tampa fell behind 24-7, and then Brady just led them back. And you look at his numbers, you go, wow, he threw for 390 yards. And, eh, you know, uh, he got sacked three times. I didn't think – I thought the numbers were a little bit misleading here. I mean, it is the Falcons. Matt Ryan had a great game for Atlanta. Um, but if you are the Tampa Bay Bucks, I mean, you're hoping like hell you can get that division crown. I just don't know if they're going to be able to win out because it looks like the Saints should. But if you are the Bucks, you have to go to Detroit, and then you have Atlanta. That that Atlanta team is going to have an awful lot of confidence the next time they play that Bucks team. That's a game that Atlanta should have won. I mean, they had they did everything but win the game. But if you're the Bucks, and you win those last two, you're praying that somehow the Saints stumble. The Saints shouldn't. You know, their biggest, I, I would think their biggest challenge is going to be that Minnesota game. I think they'll handle Carolina. But if they're going to lose a game, it would be that Minnesota game. Um, you know, but the thing is, is that New Orleans has the tiebreaker. So unless the Saints lose them both and the Buccaneers win them both, the Bucks are going to be a wild card team. And probably... Um, you know, the funny part is they could be a wild card team and have to play the winner of the NFC East who's going to have a losing record. But that is that is what right now uh, the potential is for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But uh, Tom Brady does it to the Falcons uh, yet again. Now, we get to that NFC East that I mentioned. Washington Redskins were, well, you know, they weren't great. 
Dwayne Haskins had to start because uh, Alex Smith wasn't able to go. He's got some tightness in his calf. He went out with an injury last week. Haskins threw for 295 yards, threw 55 times, got sacked four times, threw a couple of interceptions. Um, but the Redskins did enough to win this game. It was the turnovers that hurt them. Those interceptions hurt. But they had more first downs. Uh, they had more total yards. They had more time of possession than the Seattle Seahawks. But the Seahawks managed to hang on. Look, the Seahawks built a 13-0 lead. They had it up to 20-3 to early in the third quarter. The Redskins come back, and they get a Peyton Barber one-yard run early in the fourth. And Haskins throws a, uh, uh, a touchdown pass with about seven minutes to go. They missed a two-point conversion, and uh, they end up losing the game 20-15. to So now the Redskins sit at 6-8. and eight. New York Giants lose to Cleveland last night as we expected they would. And if you're Washington now, you have two games left. You have a one-game lead. You get a Carolina team at home next week, and then you have to play the Philadelphia Eagles, who are still technically alive with a 4-10-1 record. I mean, a 4-9-1 record. How about that? They're still technically alive. Um, so if you are Washington... Right now, I guess, you know, I am i don't know whether we're going to see Alex Smith again, but it looks like right now Haskins is the guy that's going to have to carry you, and I'm not sure that he's going to be able to do that. But they have a home game with Carolina, and then it could all come down to that last game on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles lost a tough one yesterday. The Eagles lose to the Cardinals 33-26. to uh, DeAndre Hopkins with a uh, touchdown pass from Kyler Murray midway through the fourth quarter, and the Eagles couldn't do anything after that. Um, Jalen Hurts got the start again for Philadelphia through three touchdown passes, but got sacked six times. Six times. Ouch. Uh, but the problem here was not the Philadelphia offense. It was their defense. Arizona ran up 500 and 26 yards of offense. Kyler Murray threw for 406 yards and three touchdowns. Hopkins with 169 yards receiving on nine catches. And and, and by the way, uh, Murray, like, talk about spreading the ball around. He threw he, to nine different receivers. So, you know, this is a very, very hot, Arizona team right now, and the Eagles, that defense was just terrible. Now, Philly's best chance, well, they got to win their last two. Where they, Who they play? At Dallas, home with Washington. They still will have a say in what happens here. Their chances of making the playoffs are pretty slim. Pretty slim. But not impossible. Uh, but they've got some work to do. And uh, But the team that wins the East is definitely going to have a losing record. There's no question about that. Uh, as far as the Cardinals go, uh, their last home game of the season this weekend, they will host the 49ers. They have got to win that one. 
And uh, then if they can beat the Rams the last game of the season, hey, look, you give yourself a chance. They sit at 8-6. and six. It's 45 minutes past the hour. We've got to take one more break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. The New York Giants last night take on the Cleveland Browns. I expected the Browns to win this game, but the Giants, look, you know, the Giants only scored six points in the game, so I don't want to get carried away here. Their offense was pretty bad. Uh, Colt McCoy, you know, look, the best thing you can say about Colt McCoy last night is he didn't turn the ball over. 19 for 31, 221 yards, but the Giant offense was anemic. But I, the Giant defense played much better than I expected. Uh, they only got to Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland quarterback, once, but they put a lot of pressure on him. They did a great job of slowing down this Cleveland rushing attack. Cleveland, you know, that one-two punch of uh, Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb has been dynamite. Well, they held the Browns in check on the ground yesterday, just 3.5 yards a carry, 30 carries, just 106 yards. So the Giant defense did everything it could. They just couldn't finish drives. Uh, a couple of Graham Gano field goals is all they could manage. Now, Baker Bayfield, uh, about as efficient as you can get, 27 for 32, 297 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and uh, the Browns cruise in this one. Now, as far as the playoffs go for the Giants, you're a game back. Giants have a couple of tough ones. Well, at least one tough one. They have to play at Baltimore next week. A Baltimore team that needs a win in the worst way and a Baltimore team that is on a roll. Giants aren't beating Baltimore. The game is on the road. They aren't beating Baltimore, period. Their last game of the season is against the Dallas Cowboys. Again, that last game of the year is going to be immense. I mean, look about, you know, Washington has to have a win that last game. Giants, Dallas, those three teams, and the Eagles, it could all go down to the last week about who gets in. Now, as far as Cleveland goes, they have to play at the Jets. Now, I would have said normally easy win, but of course the Jets come up with that surprise win this week, but then they have to play Pittsburgh. So you figure that Cleveland's going one and one. That means they finish out the year at 10 and 5. They're getting in. You know, they haven't clinched a playoff spot yet, but if one more win gets them in. So they're going to get in. You know, at worst, you know, I would think, you know, they'll be, well, they're 10 and 4. I'm sorry. They'll be uh, 11 and 5. They are getting in. Unless. They lose to the Jets, and they lose to Pittsburgh. And then it could throw things a little bit uh, up in the air. That's really that's really the only path. I was looking at it. That's really the only path like the Miami Dolphins have uh, to get a decent seed or to even get in is that Cleveland's going to have to stumble. And I, I, don't, I don't see it. I tell you what, I'm a believer now in Baker Mayfield and this Cleveland team. You know, I, I'm not, I don't want to get carried away, but uh, – this is the uh, uh, first playoff spot. They clinched their first playoff spot since 2002, or close to it, I should say, since 2002. It's the lo- the highest win total uh, since 1999, which is when they kind of were reborn, I guess. 
they're technically an expansion team. Uh, but uh, they went 10-6 and six in 2007. So I believe in the Cleveland Browns right now. Uh, and the Giants, as bad as they look last night, still have a chance. And speaking of still having a chance, uh, Dan Zampano's Super Bowl pick, <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys, still with a chance. They uh, beat the 49ers yesterday 41-33. to uh, Andy Dalton with a couple of touchdown passes. Uh, Tony Pollard, a couple of touchdown runs. And uh, Dallas outlasts San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco did everything but win this game. They had 458 yards on the ground. They ran all over this uh, – or ran past all over this Dallas defense. But the Cowboys somehow find a way to win it. Uh, unbelievable. They had no business winning this game. But they did. And now they are still alive. The Cowboys, two division games in front of them. They're home with Philly. They're at the Giants. So the best that they can finish is 7-9. and nine. And then it's going to depend on what happens they're going to have to wait. They're going to have to get some help. Help could be on the way, but they're going to need help to get in. But the Cowboys are still alive. And I mentioned those uh, those Ravens. They ran all over Jacksonville yesterday, 40-14. to 14. Right now, Baltimore 9-5. and five. They're still behind Cleveland and Pittsburgh in the AFC North in what you could arguably say is the best division of football. And especially, you know, in a, in, as bad as Cincinnati is, they're 2-10. and 10. If... They still had Joe Burrow. Cincinnati wouldn't be two ten and one. They'd have a couple more wins. It's not having their quarterback has made a big, big difference. But right now, this Ravens team is as hot as it gets. Uh, Lamar Jackson, another huge game yesterday. Uh, threw for two hundred and forty three yards and three touchdowns. He ran for another one. Uh, and uh, this Jacksonville team never had a chance. Gardner Minshew was back at quarterback for Jacksonville. And look, you know, he played all right. Threw for 226, a couple of touchdowns, didn't turn it over. Uh, but there was no stopping this Baltimore offense. So now they have the Giants left at home, and then they play at Cincinnati. Those are two wins. They are going to finish 11-5. and five. So it is still a very good chance that they get into the playoffs. It's going to depend on what happens with Tennessee and Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis, with a big win yesterday, uh, they take care of the uh, Houston Texans as they should have. But the Colts have a tough one coming up. They have to play at Pittsburgh this week. And the Colts might need that game uh, to get in. They're going to play Jacksonville to finish up the season. But right now, that Baltimore Ravens team is looking like a playoff team to me. So... That is where we're at with the NFL. Uh, we have a game tonight, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. That game is going to be – I'm not watching it. I'm going to tell you <laughs> I'm going to tell you right up front. There's no reason to watch that game tonight. I mean, I know Pittsburgh is playing poorly, but if they lose that game, I it would be the shocker of the season. You know what? The Jets losing – I mean, the Jets beating the Rams yesterday, to me, wasn't that big a shocker considering, you know – how inconsistent that Rams offense has been, but there is no way, none, that Cincinnati wins that game tonight. 
So, uh, and Pittsburgh, look, Pittsburgh needs it. Pittsburgh wants to make sure that they are no worse than the number two seed. And if they lose tonight, then that opens the door for the Buffalo Bills to get the two seed and that off week. And you know, with the injuries that Pittsburgh has had, they need that bye week, the first week of the playoffs, like nobody's business, especially when you have a 37-year-old quarterback as well. So they would love to have that bye week. So uh, I'll be absolutely shocked if they lose tonight. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow morning with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with a little fun Christmas music. This is uh, my buddy Bill Anderson, Whispering Bill Anderson. It's called A Waffle House Christmas. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.